Hey y'all, welcome. Welcome to the Fruitful Families Coaching Podcast. I am so honored and blessed to sit across the table from you as we share some space and share our hearts with each other. Friends, as a certified peaceful parenting coach and a certified baby and child sleep coach, a former teacher, former children and families pastor, and a mama of four, I have seen a few things in my day. I love sitting down at the table with other parents and walking through some of the difficulties we see in this journey we call parenting. I love bringing the gospel and the love of the Lord into our parenting and into our days. Friends, this is the place you can sit with your cup of coffee, your tears, or your rejoicing, and enjoy this journey we call parenthood. You are welcome here. You are seen here. You are loved here. You are enough here. I'm so happy to have you. And friends, let's do this parenting thing really well. Let's love our children with the love of the Father and raise this next generation to be an empathetic, emotionally intelligent generation that changes the course of this nation. Mamas, we are in this together. We were never meant to walk this journey alone. So welcome to the family. Welcome to the table. Welcome to the Fruitful Families Podcast. It helps so much if I unmute my mic. <laughs> Hello, Fruitful Families Coaching family. Welcome to the weekend. Welcome to Saturday. Welcome to the live vodcast, video podcast of the Fruitful Families Coaching family. Um, as most of you know, we tape this episode, each week's episode, live on Saturdays, and then these episodes are dropped. The audio version is always dropped on Monday mornings at 5 a.m., so you can find this exact same vodcast in case you can't stay with us for this whole hour. You can find this episode in its audio version on your favorite listening platform, simply searching for Fruitful Families Coaching podcast. So I'm so happy that you're with us today. We are going to have an awesome hour here today. Um, one that I think will completely reframe your thoughts on feelings. How do we really feel our feelings? Are we allowing ourselves to feel our feelings. Seems so silly, right? And counterintuitive, even the word feelings. We should be feeling them. Sometimes we even have trouble naming them because we have such difficulty feeling them. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm living in the authenticity of feeling your feelings. We're going to be joined today by one of my favorite fellow parenting coaches, Kim Auker. I knew she was the one I should reach out to um, as a resource on this. So um, I have reached out to her to talk to us about this because she is phenomenal with verbiage surrounding feelings and just giving us tangible tips um, to really live in authenticity. So in typical mama fashion, um, uh, in typical mama fashion, Kim has had to put her baby down for nap. So as all of those who are mompreneurs know, we are juggling all the things. So Kim is here. Um, Kim, give me a thumbs up if you're ready to be added. Okay, she's ready. So here she comes. Hang on. There she is. Hi, Hi friend. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> and it's the mama reality, right? Yeah, yeah. Babies always come first, friends. Babies always come first. Did she finally go down to sleep? Yes. She's yeah. Like, it's like, you know, the one time when you need to do something, it takes like longer than expected. Of course. They can sense it, right? I'm sure it's like mere neurons. They're like, oh, you're ready to go somewhere. So I say no, no sleep. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I was just telling everyone um, a little bit about what we were going to talk about today. Okay. I uh, we talked a little about how um, how we want to walk into this authenticity of actually mm-hmm. feeling our feelings. <laughs> And that this seems silly because they're called feelings, so we should be feeling them. But that um, Kim and I were just talking about how we'd like to talk about this disconnect. Um, Kim was was talking about the truth behind that sometimes our bodies don't actually feel our feelings. We don't allow that to happen. There's a disconnect there. Mm -hmm. So um, I was telling them that I knew when we were talking about this topic that you were the one I should reach out to because you are wonderful with verbiage around feelings and wonderful with just walking people through some tangible steps to make that happen. Um, So for those of you who don't know Kim, she has been on another episode of our podcast because she just happens to be the best. and she, um, she is a fellow parent coach as well as me. And um, you can reach her on Instagram um, at, help me with your handle. Kim.Auker, A-U-K-E-R. On Instagram and on Facebook as well? Yep, Facebook is the same. Okay. So um, if you love what she has to say here, which I'm sure you will, and you want to walk with her deeper into um, feeling your feelings and just into authenticity as a mama, um, you can reach out to me or you can reach out to her at any time. We literally live to do this. This is part of our life's mission. Um, So please reach out to us at any time. So let's do this, Kim. Let's dig into the meat and potatoes of this discomfort <laughs> around being authentically X, Y, or Z, being authentically angry, being authentically sad, being authentically joyful, I think can be linked in there. So talk to me a little bit, Kim, about uh, kind of about what we were talking about earlier, where you feel this disconnect occurs. Yeah, so um, I kind of want to bring it back a little bit more into um, thinking about how we really want to parent and then really just live our lives and kind of this idea of being in alignment with what our purpose and our value is. And um, I think especially when it comes to emotions. So we, for example, may have a a value for our relationship with our children of love and respect. Um, So treating them with love and respect. But then we can have moments that I know everyone has experienced where these big emotions come up and um, we yell or um, we, you know, make threats or um, you know, things, things that we wouldn't necessarily want to um, say or do yeah. with our children if we are really living in alignment with our, uh, our value of parenting with love and uh, respect. So, um, so we have these big emotions that kind of um, disconnect us from our values and um, and and then if we now talk about the emotions themselves so like we can experience uh a disconnection from our Mm -hmm. sorry everyone um here comes yeah (laughs) yes we 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 may have more than one guest appearance (laughs) yes we have we have kiddo guest appearances here it seems that mine is not taking his nap today we are transitioning out of nap right now We have days with naps and days without. Here, Benny, you want to say hello? Hi. That's my two-year-old. So I'm so sorry. Sorry to to interrupt. So so this disconnect occurs when we are not living in alignment with what we value. Yeah. So um, so it's kind of like a couple levels of disconnection where, like, first of all, we're not we have these big emotions and then that prevents us from um, really parenting in the way that we want. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, then we also 
some of us, because of the way we were raised or culturally, um, there's a general uh, feeling or a general behavior, I guess you could say, where emotions are not good. Um, so we can end up disconnecting from our emotions. Yes. And so I think, you know, from speaking with many mothers that this this is a common thing where where some people can't even really feel their emotions or they may even not feel safe feeling them yes and and so that's kind of the second level of disconnection where um because we are not really allowing the feeling of those emotions then those emotions can kind of just carry us away into not living in alignment with our values. Um, but if we are able to reconnect with our emotions, then we will be able to experience them in a way where we can still live and be with those emotions and live and be with our children in alignment with our values. I love this so much, especially um, from the perspective of modeling, um, what it looks like when we model being okay with our big emotions. Mm -hmm. yeah. That is so beautiful. So I'm going to rewind just a little bit. So the first stage um, of this disconnect happens because we're not being true to our values, living in alignment with our values. The second stage you're saying comes from sometimes we feel these things and we decide that it's not okay to feel them for whatever reason that um, culturally, let's take anger, um, which we've talked about before. Culturally, women are not supposed to become angry. Moms are not supposed to become angry. Um, anger is not an acceptable emotion. Um, so those types of things can can knock us out of alignment. Is that is that right? Yeah, and I kind of, I kind of almost see it like in the reverse order, um, because like in the moment, it's really yeah. those emotions and yes. our reactivity with those that takes us out of alignment. So, um, so, so good. this connection from the emotions is kind of what makes us so reactive um, and not able to really stay present with. Um, wow. That's a truth bomb. The disconnection from the emotions is actually what makes us reactive. Because what I would think, you know, come, seeing this from the outside, is that the big emotions are what is making us reactive. But it's actually the disconnection from knowing how to see, be aware, and handle those emotions, process those emotions, that causes us to be reactive. So often, I'm sure you see this too, I'm talking with mamas and they say, I get so angry. It's, I flip my lid, I fly off the handle. Mm -hmm. I don't even know who I am mm -hmm. in, in those moments. And I've had those, I'm not sure if you have, I have definitely had those yeah. where as soon as I'm done yelling, I'm like, what was that? <laughs> who was that? And what was that? So it's so interesting to hear you say that it's actually the disconnection from the emotion that causes that. Yeah, yeah. That is amazing. That is a truth bomb right there. That if we're able to healthily connect, mm -hmm. be aware, name it, uh, see it, feel it, and walk through it, that that reactive explosion actually will not occur. Yeah, and um, yeah, it kind of, instead of coming and like hitting you full force yeah. in the face, it becomes something, and this is where like body awareness can come yeah. into that. It becomes something that you just start to notice yeah. and accept and then be with rather than like, um, you know, exploding with the emotion. You kind yes. of just let it flow in and flow through. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so great. So starting with how do we how do we live in awareness and feel these emotions so that we don't get to that explosive reactive place? So Kim's saying that that step one is literally feeling the feeling physically in your body. I know there are times that I'm not, I don't know I'm triggered. The only reason I know I'm triggered, I don't even know what's triggering me, is because I can feel it physically in my body. 
Um, so, so Kim is saying that the, one of the main ways to become aware is to, if you feel that sensation in your body, to become aware of it. And then what next, Kim? Yeah. So, um, well, if I can just rewind a little yes, bit. Yes, please. Because I just want to point out that for some people, um, myself included, when I began this journey, even just feeling your feelings was, is not accessible. So, um, so if that's you, um, and you feel like, you know, when these, when anger comes or, um, you know, something happens that you get reactive to, and then you kind of just shut down, um, this is something that happens and you're not the only one. And if you're like, this is kind of just one step back from even being able to feel your body in those moments. So this is where like you can, we can become disconnected from our bodies um during times of big emotion yeah so reconnecting there is kind of the beginning um step and 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 then just again kind of starting at that base step of being able to feel your body when the big emotions arise is um if you're in that uh, level you can actually start feeling your body when you feel safe and do um, practices of body awareness. So like yoga is a really um, helpful practice of when you're in a safe um, environment, you know your body is safe, then you can start connecting with how your body is feeling in all parts of your body, or you can do like um, body scan meditations. So, So that would be like the very number one step. And then as you start feeling safe with just um, having good awareness of your body when you're calm, then you can start to notice what is going on in my body when I'm having a big emotional reaction. Yes. And then you can, um, depending on how safe you are, because every person is different with kind of their level of awareness of their emotions, if you can remove yourself and take yourself to a safe place so that you like know that you are safe and then just start to try and experience that feeling of that emotion when you know that you're safe and allowing it to come. And, and this is also something that's helpful to do um, with another person, because yes. like if we go to thinking about um, co-regulation, right? We talk about emotional regulation with our children and co-regulating with our children. If you are a person who is um, just learning how to emotionally regulate yourself, then being able to co-regulate with another person who can give you that nervous system um, uh, connection of safety, that yeah. is also super helpful um, to, to yeah, feel your body when you're in those big emotions. Yeah. So for those of us that um, I was there as well before Kim and I walked through learning the tools to do this, um, when you are someone who shuts down, who actually becomes numb, who if you were to ask, what are you feeling? Where are you feeling it? You go, I don't know. I don't know. Nothing. Nothing. Um, I feel numb. Um, what Kim is saying is that first we have to start with just this baseline of awareness of what safe feels like, what not triggered feels like, what what not big emotion feels like. What does our body feel like in this safe space when we are not triggered? And Kim is talking about doing things that help your you to be aware of your body feeling safe. So yoga, mindfulness meditations, body scan meditations um, that just give you the physical, tangible sensation of, oh, this is how my body feels safe. So that when we are triggered, we can feel the difference between safe physical feelings and unsafe physical feelings. We're going to call them unsafe because that's how they feel in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that so much because so often we're just in this continuous numbing state Mm -hmm. where we're not allowing ourselves to feel anything Mm -hmm. because we don't know how or in the case of mamas with newborn babies or toddlers going through screaming phases, you're in such overwhelm, um, be it emotional overwhelm, 
physical overwhelm, you know, from stimulus, from the screaming, um, or it be, you know, emotional overwhelm that your marriage is in crisis or things like that. Sometimes we're on such a heightened alert place that we are numb. So I love that so much, figuring out what safety actually feels like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing to to have that baseline there. So, um, So when we find that baseline of safety and then we are able to feel the sensations, hmm, let me put this in the right words, then we are able to sense that something is off when we're triggered. I would like to invite, like, rather than, like, um, having, like, safe versus unsafe, good versus bad, or yes, yes. off, it's just noticing that there's a difference. Yeah. Um, because uh, emotions are a totally natural biological state that our body, our being experiences. So, and, and I mean, if you think back to like why this, this is when we used to live in societies where, you know, we didn't have houses or, um, we were hunting or things like this. So our body needed to have this intense reactivity. So so it's a normal thing. So, um, yeah. So just inviting that view of the, the emotion makes your body feel different um, but it's, as you begin to experience feeling it more, then, um, it becomes like, it may be uncomfortable, but it becomes less of a good or bad thing and just what it is. And I think like, if we just remember that it's, it's a natural thing that helps us kind of get out of our head and be like, oh my gosh, something's wrong. Yes. Because, no, nothing's, nothing's gone wrong. This is your body doing what it's supposed to do. Oh my gosh. And this is why I love Kim Ocker. So let's rewind that a bit because that was so good. Let's make sure that seeps deep into everyone's soul today. So feelings, we're going to try to reframe even our notion of feelings, Mm -hmm. that there is not a category of good feelings versus bad feelings. Now, those of us, my friends, that have grown up in the church, that have grown up biblically, we hold a lot of confusion here. Um, You know, peace, patience, kindness, love, fruits of the spirit, um, good, Mm -hmm. anger, frustration, um, so many other feelings over here, bad. Um, Mm -hmm. And that shame is associated with these, and pride is associated with these, or goodness, I should say, is associated with these. So what if, mamas, if we were able to take that and just crush it and say, God created us as creatures of being and that the feeling itself is not good or bad. There is no label. Kim is saying the feelings are neutral. Not only are they neutral, they are technically all good because they served us. There was a time they served us and they still do when we are able to walk through them healthily. Mm -hmm. So one of the first steps here after we feel, find a baseline and feel safe and, and just content in our body and we have body awareness just in general, um, that then when we feel a feeling to not put a label on it, Whatever that feeling is to not say, man, I wish I didn't feel this. Man, this is sinful. Man, this is, or this is wonderful. But instead to say, I feel you anger. I feel you sadness. I feel you joy. I see you. Mm -hmm. Um, And Kim, talk me through because shame, I'm putting Kim on the spot here. So give her a minute to process too. Um, Shame is a huge piece of my walk with so many of my mamas. I'm not sure about you, but it is a huge piece of living in the freedom of Christ and living in freedom as mamas and modeling for our children what that freedom looks like. To not shame yourself, to not shame others, to not live in shame. So talk to me about 
some things like your words were so wonderful when you said, I would like to invite you to look at them as, do you remember what you said? I should have um, written it down. Like it was so good. A, a natural thing that our body does. Yes. That nothing's gone wrong. It is just what is. Nothing's gone wrong. I loved that. Nothing's gone wrong. So to tell yourself and your body, you're okay to feel this. It's mm -hmm. okay to feel this. Mm -hmm. That is the biggest mind shift. Mm -hmm. Blows my mind for one. For two, I'm. let's walk through just so that I think what happens quite often, I, I don't know if it happened with you. It did with me as we walked through this process. But it was like this cycle of shame. Like first I became aware that feelings didn't need to be bad. Then I became aware that I thought feelings were bad and I felt shame from that. Mm. Then I was feeling shamed for feeling shame. You know, it was like this nasty cycle. Mm. So can you help us walk through as we come to that place of safety? And now you've told us recognize the feeling. What if we can't name the feeling? What if in that moment we simply feel, we feel the difference? between this baseline state and we're like, oh, something must be happening. Yeah. 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 I think um, as humans, uh, because we are like living in our prefrontal cortex so much of the time where we want to organize, label, and, you know, categorize everything, it is um, natural for us to like want to name it. Um, but you are so right that sometimes, like, I mean, even Dan Siegel says, name it to tame it. Sometimes yeah. we can't come up with a name. And in that case, like, um, so like if we are trying to name the emotion so we can like be clear right now and separate out the emotion from the feeling. So the emotion is like, you know, happy, sad, angry, um, joyful. Whereas the feeling is kind of the manifestation of that in your body. How does it actually feel? So you can instead, if you're like having trouble, like what emotion am I feeling? Because there's so many, then just simply go to your body and just feel it. Like, okay, is it hot or cold? Is it tight? Is it light? Is it um, heavy? You know, so just going back into your um, the actual physical feeling in your body. And again, like if you can't name it, that's okay. Because it, it also, if we think about our understanding of when you flip your lid, right, you're in an emotional state where your prefrontal cortex is not well connected and that's where all the names live so if you're disconnected in that way it will be hard to name it um because that's you know your that part of your brain is kind of offline so just really coming into the feeling in your body and just allowing yourself to feel it yeah and you know take some breaths or do what feels calming to you in those moments just allowing and accepting it to accepting whatever it is your body is going through yeah um that can kind of then come help um it, it helps you become reconnected to then a point where you can name it and if you are like feeling like well i really want to understand this i really want to know more then you can start to do some research or some work on your own of um, what are some different feelings and what could I have been feeling in, in that moment, but you do it out of, you know, out of the moment when you're calm, when you can reflect back and you can think about it more deeply, you can do a little research and say, you know, figure out what might have fit you in that moment. Yes. Oh, so many good nuggets there. Let me pull out the first one. So again, this is why we reached out to you for this podcast. Um, first, I love when science blows shame out of the water. It's my favorite moment. They like, it makes me want to jump up and down for joy because when you can find 
a biological reason for something happening, there's no longer, like, there's not shame in having a heart attack, right? There's not shame in having a tumor. There's, because it's something our body did that, I mean, we can't sit there and say, body, don't do this. So when, what Kim is talking about with flipping our lid is some of what I've talked to y'all about. And I can't remember if Kim and I talked to you about it together in our last podcast, but there are different parts of your brain in charge of different things. And when we are triggered and have a huge wave of emotion and go into fight or flight, what happens is this part of your brain that Kim is talking about, your prefrontal cortex, which is in charge, actually in charge of you being able to access the name of a feeling. Mm-hmm. So this part of our brain is has to be functioning well for us to be able to say, ooh, I'm mad or ooh, I'm sad. And if we have gone into triggered state in fight or flight, that part of our brain is not functioning very well at all. So expecting that from ourselves is a fairly unrealistic expectation. Mm-hmm. So if we sit back in shame that I can't even name this. This is so overwhelming. I'm such a mess. I'm so emotional, which is what we get told quite often. Um, Actually, no. (laughs) You're having a perfectly normal biological response to being triggered. So we can take away the shame piece um, culturally that tells us we're not supposed to be or feel X or Y as women, as mamas, as humans in general, we can take away the shame piece from a feeling being good or bad. And we can take away the shame piece from our reaction because it is a biological response. Now, friends, nowhere in here are we saying that hitting, screaming, any of those things that we are not proponents of in any way through peaceful parenting are okay because our brain has shut off. What we are saying is simply navigating these things deeply to become better parents and better models of emotional intelligence is what we are talking about here. So please do not mistake this in any sense that we are saying your reactivity is okay if it is harming others or yourself. Um, So just a little side note there. So um, I love this so much. So when we're truly feeling our feelings, Kim is telling us that um, being in this place of awareness, this was the second nugget you gave us that was beautiful, of just calling it what it is. And that's enough. It's hot here. It's tight here. I'm, my heart is racing. Um, just being able to literally say what physiologically is happening in your body is enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, That's so good. That's so good. I have a lot of times have my mama's journal those things. This is what happened before. This is what I felt at that time. Mm-hmm. And that is enough. Yeah. You don't need to be or feel more than that. That is the first place of awareness. Right. right. Which is further than we all were before. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, yeah. It's so good. I love that you said that. Like, um, it really is enough. And also, like, you know, journaling about it afterwards is so helpful because um, you revisit that moment. It helps you process that moment. And every time you take that, you know, take or do that practice, I guess, of journaling after the moment, you are better able to um, stay connected during those times when you actually are reacting and you can be more, um, you know, grow your capacity to calm yourself in those moments. Um, But also, yeah, like what you said about like, that is enough just really remembering that we are all on a different journey of our understanding of our emotions. And in, in our society today, um, at least like my generation, our generation, we did not learn how to be with our emotions when we were children. So it is so common for, um, for us not to have that awareness. So um, yeah, just, just acknowledging yes. that it's, it's not your fault if you are like 
you know, a two-year-old in, in your uh, understanding of your emotions. Like, I know I was. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Like it takes practice, but I can guarantee you if you continue that practice, you will come to a place where um, you hardly ever get reactive. Yes. And, and you're able to sit with your emotion and stay connected to your prefrontal cortex, kind of talk yourself through the emotion and remain calm so that, um, like, let's say this is a situation where you're reactive with your child. Mm -hmm. Now you're not reacting. You're not yelling. You can connect with them because often their big emotions are what there are big emotions. Mm -hmm. And now you are able to be their co-regulator, like wholeheartedly be present with them. So yeah, it's, it's an amazing journey. <laughs> so beautiful. So just knowing that this idea of truly feeling our feelings, of being able to emotionally regulate, of having the emotional intelligence of knowing baseline versus triggered leads us to this place. The reason we want to do that, not only to be whole and present with ourselves, is because when we're able to be whole and present with ourselves, we're able to be whole and present with our children because they are not able to access the tools, the parts of the brain that we are as adults. And this is even less safe for them. Mm -hmm. They experience this same overwhelm of emotion. Um, you know, our older kiddos, our six-year-olds, eight-year-olds, my 15-year-old um, that have never learned this, they are in this exact same place of disconnect, of numbness. And that is not what we want for this next generation. We want more and we want better. Mm -hmm. um, so I love that you said that, that, that so many of us have struggle with doing things simply for ourselves, for our own health. So remembering that this is not just for your health. This is for your children's future mm -hmm. is a yeah. huge, huge piece of this. Yeah. I love, so initially you had said, when we talked, you'd said, it's from this place of disconnect that the reactivity happens, which I loved. And now you were just talking about how, when we can stop the disconnect at its core before it becomes reactivity is when we're able to co-regulate. I love that. Co-regulation is my favorite. For those of you who don't know what co-regulation is, Kim explained it a little bit. What it is, is when if we take emotional regulation, like on our own, and we work through whatever works for us, whether it be um, bilateral stimulation, if you know what that is, whether it be uh, tapping, whether it be meditating, breathing, um, some people it's mantras, um, prayers, whatever it is that brings us out of that triggered state and back down to our baseline state is emotional regulation being aware of it and being able to come back to calmness and peace. Kim, would you say that was explained well? Cause you have much better words than me. Yeah, no, no, your words are very good. No, I like, I like how you um, included practices that help you to calm, but yeah, I like, I'm, I keep coming back to this idea of emotional reg regulation as really just a being, a state yes. of being. Yes. And, um, I remembered like when I was, trying to learn about it myself. And I was like looking for the step-by-step to-do list. And I was like, <laughs> I can't find a to-do list. There's no um, instructions. Yeah. <laughs> but it really is like, um, it starts with this awareness yes. and this willingness to allow the feeling and accept it and let it go um, flow through your body. And, um, and if you get reactive, then you can use these um, <clears throat> practices to help calm your body um, because your nervous system actually you know, goes into the fight flight mode. And so when that happens, then you can calm your nervous system with these practices like Pam was mentioning. I love, I just keep getting like, sorry, listeners, I keep getting sidetracked because Kim keeps saying more good things. But I love that you said, if you get reactive. So one of the reasons I know personally, I was afraid to start these practices. When we learned about them, I was like, this is all great and wonderful. Um, but as someone who does have trauma triggers and someone who has been through some traumatic experiences in her life, the thought of this 
terrified me. Um, not only in the sense as a perfectionist, I'm like, yeah, this doesn't sound like something I'm going to be able to do. So I'm just going to try to do it without it for one. For two, um, I remember being afraid every time the wave of emotion. So Kim was talking about what we like to use as an analogy is that these emotions are going to come in. They're going to feel like they're taking over and crashing on top of you, but knowing they will go, they will leave. Mm -hmm. But in that moment of the wave crashing on top of you, when you can't breathe and you're being pulled under, it is terrifying. Mm -hmm. So two pieces here. One is that will not always happen. Like Kim said, there will be times that you become aware, more aware, and you're like, ooh, that didn't feel good. Like Kim used the word uncomfortable, but you're like, hey, I'm good now. It's gone. We didn't even have to do deep breathing, none of those things. Mm -hmm. Those of us who are trauma survivors, those of us who are extremely reactive, um, if you have gone through years of abuse or times of abuse, um, this is something that before you attempt to go into this awareness, we, Kim and I both want you to reach out to a counselor. We want you to be talking through your trauma because it will come out. It will come out. <laughs> it lives in there and it will come out. And it's part of the reason that your body is having that fear response. It is trying to protect you. So making sure that you're walking through it in two ways, one with one of us as a parent coach or any parent coach and two with a licensed counselor. Mm -hmm. Trauma lives in our body and it will come to the surface. So if while you're walking through some of these practices we're talking about, you realize that that is overwhelming, it will feel like the wave doesn't leave. Um, in a lot of people, the wave will crash and you will be being pulled under and pulled under and pulled under. Mm -hmm. And if that happens, we want you to reach out to someone right away um, for help walking through that trauma. Yeah. But yeah. I love that you said if that was my favorite, if that happens, because I was always like, oh, here we go. This is going to be awful. Brace for impact. Mm -hmm. um, when in reality, like like you said, if we can stand back and look at it from a neutral perspective, like, oh, I'm feeling something that feels hot. Um, instead of allowing this fear to sneak in of this is going to be too big, this is going to become too big. Um, I think that's really a beautiful neutral. And that you said, it's a place of being. It's just a place where we sit and we stay in oh, I feel this. Oh, this is happening now. Oh, and just looking at it with such neutral neutrality. <laughs> I love that so much. I love your words. It's a state of being. That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So when we do have these reactions, when this reactivity does occur, we do flip our lid. So we allow this emotion in and the wave comes and crashes on us and we do flip our lid and we become reactive. So now we know that that means that our prefrontal cortex is like not functioning anymore. I'm done with you. And we are in a place of fight or flight when we are in this disconnect, Kim. So this to me always feels like disconnect. Like I said, so many moms, including myself, will say, I don't even know who that was. Like it was like an alien came and took over my body. Yeah. Are there some things in that space? Is there anything we can do if we've entered that space? And I say this because if we've entered that space, our kiddos are going to enter that space. Where do we go from there? Our lid is flipped. We are we are acting like a cuckoo bird. <laughs> We are no longer in alignment with our values. <laughs> You're right. We are no longer acting in kindness and whatever else we value. Yeah, well, I think you you gave a good list of things that you can do. Um, so tapping is um, really helpful if you haven't heard of that. Like this literally is a practice that has, it's research backed mm -hmm. that um, you tap on different parts of your body as you're feeling the emotion and these points that you're tapping on will calm, they signal to your ner nervous system to calm. So that's a really good practice. Um, some people find breathing really helpful, but like, again, it's not 
you know, you find what works best for you. So breathing, um, bilateral stimulation, um, like Pam said, tapping, um, um, connecting, like connecting with the present moment through your senses. Um, So, well, let me, uh, I I wanted to say this too, but yeah, please, please. But like, if you are reactive, um, and you feel like you will yell or um, have the urge to hit, or you know, so if if you feel like you may do something potentially unsafe or um, you know with your child, then first get yourself to a safe space. Yes, and even that step in itself, like you may think, well, I'm so bad, like it's not good if I leave my kid. Yes, but that in itself is modeling to your child that, okay, mama's feeling really big emotions and she is taking herself to safety. Oh, I love those so words. She can calm down. And your child seeing you do that, but it helps them realize, okay, I can feel a big emotion, but I can find a safe space and calm. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, first take yourself to a place where you know that you and your child will be safe. If that's separate from them, that is okay. That is okay. Um, Yeah. And then, and then you can practice. And again, like I, I highly encourage um, practicing these different things when you are calm first so that your body has some experience with it. And then when you go into using it in those intense moments, then, <clears throat> sorry, um, I, always, I always seem to get these frogs in my throat when I talk. Anyway, um, yeah, so then when you use it in the moment, you can just see, well, how did that feel for me? Was it effective? Is there something else that might work better? Um, but really just these different practices help you be present in your body, yeah. um, connect with your senses, whether that is touch or taste or on sight, you can light a candle, take deep breaths, um, just find, find things that work for you. And, and like I said, in, in my experience, as you start doing this and you continually practice it, and if, if you may have like, you know, childhood experiences or um, traumatic experiences in your life, concurrently, you're healing those. Yes. And you will find that you will not need them as much. Yes. And that's, that's amazing. That's, I think our goal is to yes. get to that point. Yes. So, so often in parent coaching, what Kim and I walk people through is really holding this safe space for our children, really holding this safe space where we give them that same safety we're talking about giving ourselves, where we don't name their emotions, good or bad, where we allow them to feel what they're feeling and walk them through that crashing wave and out the other side, where we give them the tools to handle big anger, big sadness. Um, So when, when we are trying to bring our kids to this place of wholeness and health in that space, in that space, safe, sacred space there where kiddos are allowed to feel what they feel and they're safe is where I believe empathy is born Um, because we are modeling for them. You are loved, seen, heard, no matter what you are, no matter where you are, no matter how you are, you are enough. You are loved, seen, heard, and safe. So, If that intentionality is our goal in the long run, which I know it is for me, we have to be able to provide that same safe, sacred space for ourselves. Um, So often we are only looking at the kids, at the output, at what, and what Kim and I are trying to say is that that starts here. This has to start here. I, I did a bunch of Instagram lives a couple weeks ago about how parenting well comes from the overflow. It doesn't come from if, like Kim said, this to-do list, if I do X, Y, and Z, if I use this verbiage, if I, I, I'll nail it. Where it comes from is this place of overflow 
of peace and emotional intelligence and awareness in ourselves. When we can create this safe space for ourselves, where no matter what we are, where we are, who we are, we are seen, heard, enough, loved. That is where that space comes for our children. So Kim, your, your presence and understanding and the way you're able to put things that we have got to allow ourselves to feel these feelings. We have got to give ourselves safe space to feel these feelings, to stop detaching. And like you said, this can happen from, you know, a lot of us, when people got angry in our childhood, parents or other adults, even older children, brothers and sisters, when they got angry, it usually ended in violence, verbal violence, physical violence. Violence is a huge trigger word for people. So I'm I'm saying even screaming, punching a wall, um, hitting brother or sister, whatever that looked like, anger usually came out tangibly as pain inflicted on someone else, verbally, physically. So to learn to feel safe in anger for us, for our generation, who it has not been modeled to, mm-hmm. is really hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so mamas, we are very aware. Kim and I are very aware of how difficult this is because we had to walk it. Yes. We've been there. But <laughs> We're still do- walking it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really. It is possible to get to the other side. Yes. Yeah. Can I just throw something in because as you were speaking, I was thinking of like how you were saying how um, it starts with us. Yes, ma'am. And like, I wish like we could just scream this from the rooftops because we can go through the to-do list. Yes. When my child has a tantrum, I do this, 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 and this. Yes. So you can do that and you can even be calm, Mm -hmm. but still disconnected. Yep. So if we come back to the biological level, so what is happening biologically is that our child is in fight flight. Their nervous system is screaming at them and they don't know if it's safe. And because we are um, humans where uh, we live in connection with each other, our children require that a caregiver, you know, us, or another caregiver conveys that safety on a body level, on a nervous system level. So going through the steps one, two, three, four, but we in our like deepest self, our body is not actually calm. Like we could be like face, putting on the face of calm, which which I, I do want to mention, like if that's all you've got, do that at least. And but we all get there. Continue to do the work to where you can actually feel safe in yourself. Yes. And then give that to them because that's what they really need is that nervous body, nervous system, body level safety from us. I mean, they're so sensitive. They can tell if we're just saying the words, feeling it. Yes. I just wanted to add that. Here comes your next truth bomb. Next Kim tweetable moment. We can be calm, but still disconnected. Whoa, Oprah moment. Yes, I know this because that's how I was. Me too. Me too. I was like, if I can just portray that I'm, but deep down I'm like gritting my teeth and like, this is awful. Um, So also knowing, like Kim said, we all start somewhere. And we as parent coaches, I can only speak for me. We have gone to the deepest level of this and walked other mamas through it. And I still have moments where I'm like, I'm going to have to pretend to be calm here. And I am so triggered. Um, So we are certainly not calling out perfection. But what we are saying is this is something worth the fight. This is something worth the battle. This is something researched and shown to be worth your time. All of the Pinteresty things, having the great crafts for your kids, having the perfect birthday party for your kids, having a calming corner for your kids that looks perfect. All these things are helpful, tangible, great. But when it comes down to it, what Kim is saying and what I high five you from here for 
is biologically the greatest need our children have is a place and source of safety. Some caregiver who is able to emotionally regulate themselves Mm -hmm. so that they can help a child emotionally regulate. That is what a safe space is for a child, is an emotionally regulated intelligent space. Mm -hmm. This is worth your time. This is worth the practice. This is worth the research, worth the parent coaching to come to this place. And what Kim is talking about is a little bit about what I have taught about in the past couple of weeks is this concept of mere neurons. Kiddos are so sensitive. Their, their brains, their nervous system, their, their chemistry is so sensitive that they literally feel our feelings. So what Kim is saying is when we are faking calm, they know we're faking calm. They're still feeling what's underneath. They're still feeling the anxiety. They're still feeling the anger, whatever it is. So bringing it out into the light to the surface and saying, man, this is what I say. Mommy's feeling super angry. I'm not even sure why, but man, am I feeling angry. Um, I am going to do X, Y, or Z. If I'm going to do something like breathe through it, which is what I normally do, um, I have my kids do it with me. Who will help me? Who will sit with me? So that they can see, here I am so angry. I've brought it into the light to take the stigma away from it. Um, And now I'm processing through it. This is beautiful. (laughs) But it's worth our time, right? It's worth our time. It's the one thing that's, I shouldn't say the one thing. There's there's a few. Being being one with Christ is another, but <laughs> this is one of those that is a game changer for your children's development, for their success, for their lifetime relational help me with words, like their relationships for the rest of their life. Yeah, well, can I just expand on that? Because even even in your life, so like imagine the amount of times in other relationships or other, like if you're starting a business or you're starting a new job, yes, emotions are gonna come all the time in all of these scenarios. Yeah. When you are able to emotionally regulate, Mm -hmm. you can be aware allow it to be and move forward still in alignment with your values and your purpose. And so this is a gift that I, I feel in my life has been a practice I've done at first for my kids. But once I've started like living it, I can see the benefits in all aspects of my life. Absolutely. So that same idea is there for your children you give them the gift of emotional regulation, emotional resilience. Yes. They can walk through their life, any challenges that they have when they are fearful, when they are sad, you know, grief or, or, you know, bad, you know, the world is what it is. Yeah. We are going to have emotions and having the tool, that tool of being able to regulate our emotions allow them to be, accept them and continue to move forward, even though they are there, like that is a huge gift in our our children's lives. Such a huge gift. (laughs) And like I was saying, I truly believe that, that right there, what you just described is the birthplace of empathy. When we are able to emotionally regulate, we are able to extend empathy to ourselves and to others. When we have flipped our lid, we there's not a chance for empathy. There's just not. We're, we're biologically not in a place where we can show empathy to others. Mm-hmm. So if we can give our kids this gift of emotional regulation and emotional resilience, we are changing, literally shifting this next generation to be able to be empathetic I truly believe empathy will be a world changing thing. If we are able to raise children who love and live in wholeness and in empathy for others and themselves, mind blown, mind blown. What will happen? My heart is like open right now. It is like, it is so powerful. Like, 
And it starts one child at a time. One and one mama at a time. One mama at a time. Right, Kim, exactly. And so again, just reiterating one more time, like this seems like such a simple, simple practice. Who it's not, Kim and I can tell you, we've walked on the hot coals. You're like trying to run across and you're, <laughs> it is, it is real. And it is a daily thing. And some days, again, looking at it with neutrality, some days we're like, sweet. I, I really, I was there. I was aware today. And other days we, I know I go to bed going, man, I got triggered six times today and was reactive. Mm-hmm. Um, just being in that place of being, like Kim said, where we're aware of this, where we know the immense power it holds, where we know that this can literally be a generational shift, this one concept, this concept that Kim is bringing us of feeling our feelings and being in alignment, allowing ourselves to be in alignment with the things we value, which we're going to have to have Kim back on again soon (laughs) to talk about being in alignment with our values Kim's parent coaching, all of us um, have a little bit of a niche going on because our hearts are turned towards different types of mothers. Kim's, um, and just jump in if I don't do this correctly, but Kim's niche, Kim's parenting coaching niche really works on alignment with mamas and ensuring that your all of your thought patterns, your parenting are all evolving overflowing out of this place of alignment with your values. Um, So if that's something that really resonates with you, Kim is your lady. Um, So Kim, thank you so much. This, I feel like I could talk to you for another hour about this. I love it. (laughs) Because it is so transformational. And I just want to remember, remember, remind all of you mamas, like, There is so often that this motherhood thing becomes so overwhelming Mm -hmm. and the enemy wants nothing more than to take your influence. The enemy wants nothing more than to say, just make it through the day, make it to nap time, make it to dinner, just do it okay and, and everything will be all right. That is not true. You were meant to live in thriving. You and your children were meant to live this life full of love, peace, hope, a future, empathy, connection, deep, deep connection with your children. You are one of, if not the most influential people in your child's life. And now all of this research that is now, like I said, science that can blow shame out of the water has come out saying this, this is how we can do it. This is one of the main ways we can grow children in love, in peace, in empathy. This, exactly what Kim has brought to us today. So this is worth your time, mamas. And again, reach out to either one of us if we can walk through this with you. No, there are not necessarily step one to 10, but there are steps that when we know you and your situation and your family life that we can help walk you through specifically to get you to this place of awareness. Um, And oh, Kim, oh, Kim just fills my soul. (laughs) I feel the same way about you, Pam. Just <laughs> so, fills so my soul and gets me all like fired up to go change the world. <laughs> yeah, me too. Thank you. Thank you for taking your time to be with us. And I think it would definitely be beneficial to have you on to do a values alignment with values time. Yeah, I love that. So fruitful families, family, we will I will keep you updated about that. In the meantime. On my Instagram feed, there is a post on values with a short list, not our long list, but a short list of a few. You can look at what a value actually is. Um, uh, I will also post Kim's information and how to get in touch with her in case you're in the car and not able to write this down right now. Um, And we will also, um, I'll do a brief summary of what Kim was talking about with emotions versus feelings, because that was big and good. Okay. Sound good? Thank you so All much. All right, Kim. Thank fun. you. Thank yeah. you so much for being here. So much love and so much love to your sweet kiddos. Yeah, you too. <laughs> Have a great week, Fruitful Families family. <laughs> Hi, mamas. 
Thanks for taking the time out of your day to share the table with me today. I hope that it brought you more joy, peace, and connection. Friends, there are so many ways to connect with me. I would love to see you. Find me at Instagram at fruitfulfamilies underscore coaching. Find me on Facebook at Sleeping Babies Happy Mamas. Or friends, head over to my website, www.fruitfulfamiliescoaching.com to find out how to join our free community full of parents just like you, just trying to figure this parent thing out and do it really well. I would love to have you join. Being a member of the community means you always have the option to become a paid member where you can have access to free coaching hours twice a week and one weekend every month. Being a free member means you get included in our group prayer every Thursday and that you have access to all the sleep tips and tricks, all the parenting tips and tricks that I post daily. And friends, on my website, you can see all of my coaching opportunities from potty training to master classes, from parenting coaching to sleep coaching. I guarantee I can bring your family more sleep, peace, joy, and connection. Looking forward to next time, mamas. Have a great day.